0: This is the Awareness Offerings Podcast, a weekly offering of yoga philosophy discussion and guided meditation for the moments we're living in. I'm your host, Lara Davy Joplin. I'm a yoga and meditation teacher, integrative therapist, and spiritual social media strategist. I'm trying to integrate the principles of spiritual philosophy as I understand them into all those areas of my work and into my life trying to understand my position as a white woman devotee of yoga in the West, and simply trying to live with awareness. This podcast is me doing all that out loud. Welcome in. You're listening to episode 70, the only prediction I'll make. Welcome back to the pod, to awareness offerings. This is our 70th episode, which is wild and wonderful and sounds like a lot but not many all at once (laughs) so thank you as always for being here thank you as always for supporting the show if you'd like to do so best ways you can support are by subscribing rating and or leaving a review on whatever platform you're using to listen you can also share via social by word of mouth and everything i just named helps other people find this show so thank you again and thank you even more just for being here let's be here let's get into our opening consciousness practice opening presence practice of singing the sound of om one time om is a neutralizing sound it's said to be the sound of consciousness and according to my teacher the present moment itself is neutral it's not good it's not bad it's not painful it's not joyful those things can be contained in the moment but the moment itself is neutral and so consciousness itself brings us back to a neutral or centered state and that's what the sound of om can do for us so you can join me singing om out loud You can always practice by simply listening. You can vocalize and make a sound, even if it's not OM. Sound is harmonizing and balancing in itself. And if you're going to come along in this practice, you can go ahead and get your body into any kind of comfortable position. If it's safe and supportive for you to do so right now, you could choose to close your eyes or maybe take a soft gaze by looking down toward the tip of your nose or softly toward the floor in front of you. Just turning a little more inward than outward right now. Prioritizing moving consciousness towards yourself. Here you might take a breath in through your nose if nostril breathing is available right now. And then we can release that breath making a little space first. And then one more breath in for the sound of OM. Oh. You for joining me in that practice. And now for this week's discussion. I find it funny that just now I said one more breath and then the sound of Om. Obviously, we're going to take more breaths than just that, even just in the time that we're sitting here together, that you might be sitting listening to this episode. So keep on breathing in case that wasn't clear. And that little jumble of my own mind and words feels really timely for what I'm gonna talk about today. There's a lot as I'm recording this under the the sky I'm sitting under right now on the 19th of January, there's a lot going on with the stars and planets. There's a lot going on with the seasons. And so I'm going to talk a little bit about kind of those cycles and, and how it might feel to be in them and how we can maybe give ourselves grace and awareness as we live in them, in those cycles and rhythms. So I called this episode the only prediction I'll ever make, and the reason that I chose that and kind of put emphasis in that direction is because I know there's a lot of folks in spiritual spaces, especially online, on social media, where a lot of us like connect with each other and enact our spirituality and find community because the world is so increasingly digital, but in a lot of those spaces, there are folks who offer guidance in terms of Like astrology, the movement of the stars and planets, or energy, the current energy that might be present for the collective. They can offer guidance, they can offer forecasts, they can offer predictions sometimes. And I think that's valid. What I'm doing here, the title that I chose for this episode, is not at all intended to invalidate that. I think there are people who are absolutely qualified, whether through study, like a study of astrology or psychology or whatever it might be, or through... Um, embodied practice, having been a practitioner working in the kind of subtle realms for a long time. I think there are people who are super qualified to be doing that. I also think there are people who are not qualified to be doing that and maybe are doing it, still doing it in a way that is maybe a little intrusive uh, in the way that they want to kind of make assumptions or make predictions about other people's energy. But I want to own, I'm actually one of those people. I'm not trying to do it in a way that's intrusive, but I'm one of those people who's not qualified (laughs) to be making predictions. And I want to just kind of like, I don't want to say self-deprecating because I actually think that self-deprecation can be like a a maladaptive coping skill when we don't like ourselves. But I want to like, just like laugh at myself in that for just a second and like own that, yeah, I'm not the person who's going to make energetic or astrological predictions, but in this episode, based on what's high level going on with the planets in a way that a lot of people are pretty cultural, culturally familiar with already. And based on the seasons, I am going to offer some energetic predictions. The first and only time I'll do that on this podcast so strap in. <laughs> but of course, I'm going to offer some context for that. I'm going to offer context. I'm going to go into detail as I do. And then we will sit, with where, sit sit in whatever we're sitting in during this time, during all the cycles that are moving. And we'll sit in practice with it. We will be present with it. So it's entirely possible that it feels more difficult to do things, to quote unquote, get things done. Although that I think might even be sort of a problematic notion in itself, but all the same, it might feel difficult to get things done right now. Might feel difficult to have conversations, to be a human, (laughs) just might feel like You're moving through extra resistance in life right now. And I want to emphasize that might, because even though I'm jokingly making quote unquote predictions here, I'm actually not trying to do that. I'm not trying to make any kind of universal statement, but just knowing what I know and feeling what I feel, it might be possible that it just feels like, whereas on a, like a typical day, if you will you're moving through water, now it might feel like you're moving through peanut butter. It's a little stickier, there's resistance, it's a little bit harder. And if that is the case, I can think of a couple of reasons why that might be. First of all, and something that I touched on in a couple previous episodes in this winter season, now that I've been releasing winter episodes, but I want to go a little deeper into right now, is the fact that it is winter time. <laughs> I don't have to have um, years of astrological study under my belt to know that it is winter time, and there, the winter time is distinct, as are all four of the major seasons. It has these very distinctive characteristics, and like I said, we touched on this, but I want to say it again because it feels like it's so easy for us to get so caught in the sort of the, what's a good way of saying this? Like get caught in the, the play, if you will, like the scripts that have been laid out for years and years and layers upon layers of conditioning in society. It's easy for us to get really caught in that and forget what sort of the natural world tells us. And so we can hear it and think about it and even know it as much as we can, but it's hard for us to, to really get this in an embodied way because the embodied experience of being a human in modern times is so different from this. But it is winter time and winter is a time of hibernation. So many species are doing absolutely nothing right now, totally asleep. There's a drawing inward. The trees are drawing their energy to the center so that they've they've dropped the excess. They've dropped the external, the leaves. And they're storing up energy through this colder, darker season. The earth is resting. The earth is dying in some places. And we know as long as we make it to spring, which nothing's guaranteed. But if we do, we know that there will be regeneration. But that doesn't change the fact that this is a season of hibernation Of quiet, of turning inward, and by consequence, lower energy. And I'm saying this out loud, and I keep naming that I've said this before because I feel like I've just said it so many times. I feel like I'm talking about this constantly, but that's because it's so important to me and it makes so much sense to me. And at the same time, we are living. Out this play in our modern industrial societies where the script is to really ignore what might be going on in the natural world and just keep moving and keep producing and keep innovating because that produces capital, money, and that's the most important thing. And so I'm just going to keep on emphasizing it as I'm doing today that winter is a time of hibernation, of stillness, of rest. That's at least what the world is doing, the earth, I should say, is doing. And so it feels pretty safe to say that that's actually what winter is meant for. I've heard some teachers talk about how, like, pre-modern societies, agricultural societies, don't use the winter to keep producing. This is a time for being inside, for resting, and for rather than, you know, planting and harvesting physical seeds on the earth, like, Um, kind of active farming season is for planting seeds around the self around what is coming next but allowing those seeds to be planted but not having to do a bunch of acting on it I've heard from teachers that that's what life used to be like And so that's one reason to me that it might feel like it's a little more difficult, even still, even though, you know, it's January and the sun is starting to come back. And we'll talk more about that in a moment. But we're like we're in the second week of January. Third, third week. Hold on. I have to look at a calendar in real time as i'm recording this podcast third week indeed we're in the third week of january and for a lot of us probably right back in the full swing maybe even fuller than before the year ended of all of the work that we do with a lot you know being asked of us and maybe already reaching our edges reaching our capacity and because that's happening it feels so clear that this is our default that we've been conditioned to fall back on is just go right back into it and keep going and do stuff. But because it's winter, to me, it makes a lot of sense that that might feel difficult. It might feel like it takes more energy than usual. Like we're meeting resistance within ourselves. We're getting more tired than usual. It's winter time. It is hibernation time. And we're actually... There, there actually might be resistance. We're kind of rubbing up against the rest of the natural world by going right back into full speed ahead. So if it feels a little more difficult to be a human, that's one reason. If it feels difficult to start new things, which we're really conditioned to do just because it's the beginning of the year, even though we're in the middle of a season. It's not a new season. Might be a new calendar year, but... It's not a new season, so it might feel difficult to start new things. It might feel difficult to feel refreshed and renewed and energized right now. It might feel difficult to do more, and we instead might feel instinctually like we want to do less. And I want to affirm that all of that is completely natural in the wintertime. And then there's another reason that it might feel a little more difficult to be... A human and to do things and to say words and all of all of those things right now in particular and this cycle that i'm going to speak about is a little shorter than the full winter season this this winter slowdown applies until the spring equinox although the slowdown gradually starts to dissipate as the sun comes back but The winter cycle is a little longer. This particular cycle is shorter. And what I'm talking about is Mercury retrograde. This is an astrological phenomenon in which the way the planets are aligned, if you looked through a telescope, it would look like Mercury is moving backward in the sky. It's not actually moving backward, but it looks that way. And just like the moon has a gravitational impact on the energy actual molecules like water on the earth, so too can the other planets. So it's possible for this positioning of Mercury to make things feel a little bit backwards on this planet, to make, to kind of emphasize that feeling of meeting a lot of resistance when we're trying to do stuff, especially when it comes to electronics, that electromagnetic current when it comes to travel, communication, things can feel disrupted. And that's not always a bad thing. I'm not even trying to demonize a, pe- a retrograde period. It just is what it is, that things are disrupted. I know, you know yesterday was the last official day of this retrograde, this Mercury retrograde period. Although what I've heard, and again, I'm not an astrologer. I'm not trying to uh, position myself as any kind of expert here. But what I've heard is that there is... Kind of a pre and post Mercury retrograde period. Before and after the actual cycle happens, we're sort of before the cycle, it's gearing up to happen, and after the cycle, it's slowly dissipating. So even after the official cycle ends, which it did yesterday, the 18th, the day before I'm recording this, it can still feel a little wavy and wobbly. So it makes sense from a planetary perspective if. You resonate with the rhythms of the planets as something like a a framework for understanding your own life on this planet, that's one reason that things might feel a little more sticky right now. So the first thing I'm doing is sharing my understanding of, of the rhythms and cycles that we're in right now, simply as a human, as someone who studies kind of energetic and spiritual rhythms. As a practitioner, I've been practicing yoga for almost 10 years. And yoga is a study of different kinds of rhythms, like the body and the breath. And yogis, ancient practitioners did also study the planets. But I, I just, as a, as a lay person, but also longtime practitioner, not in any kind of position of authority, but from a position of empathy, want, wanted to share, this is what I understand about what's going on right now just to validate if you're feeling that resistance, if it's feeling like it's not the easiest thing to start new things right now, if it's feeling like you want to do less or need to do less, all of that is completely valid. And I could even go so far as to say, maybe like we're supposed to be doing less. Maybe we're not supposed to be starting new things, both because of this winter hibernation energy that's still present with us, but also because of this, planetary cycle of disrupted energy that's been kind of present for the last few weeks. Let's see. I think this, I know that this retrograde began on the, or ended yesterday on the 18th. I think it began on New Year's Day, but let me just confirm that. December 28th. So um, it was about 20 days. Yeah, 20 days of retrograde. So right before the end of the year, this retrograde rhythm began officially and then we were taken we were ferried right into the new year on this wave of disrupted energy so it makes a lot of sense if you've really been feeling it so first sharing my understanding of that to validate to affirm it's not just you if you're feeling it if you're not this is what i always say to my classes of yoga students when i'm teaching if I'm talking about the planet's astrology, especially because I know some folks can have resistance to that. I know that, it's there's a there can be, you know, we, we can be very culturally fascinated with astrology for good reason, perhaps. And then there's also a, a cultural resistance to astrology on the other side of that, where folks tend to deride studying the rhythm of the planets as something that is, you know, pseudoscience, even though it doesn't really claim to be a science, I don't think. But there is some derision associated. So I know people can be uncomfortable. Um, so whenever I'm talking about this in a yoga class, I will always say, don't let this be a self-fulfilling prophecy. And I really mean that. I don't think it ever has to be. I'll say, you know, if this hasn't been happening for you, great, amazing. And if it has, just some validation for you. So that's what the point of that was. But then the other reason I wanted to talk about this is to make the only prediction I will ever make, the whole titular concept of this episode. And that prediction is that new cycles are on the way. It makes sense that things are sticky, that there is resistance, that it doesn't feel intuitive to start new things and get a bunch of stuff done. Absolutely. And there is change on the horizon. First of all, there's a new moon on sunday of this week i'm recording this on thursday so on sunday nope i'm gonna just have to (laughs) i have to keep looking things up as i'm recording this but i really think it's fair i think the more i just am myself in real time as i record the more authentic I feel like and hope that I'm being and the more resonant that it is to you that I am just a human here so the new moon is Saturday the new moon is Saturday the 21st of January 2023 so there is a new moon coming right here at the end of this retrograde period the moon cycle starts again for this month and because the new moon the point where it looks like there is no moon in the sky is the beginning of the moon cycle it is traditionally associated with beginning again And so we have this opportunity while the planets have been a little disruptive. Now our moon cycle, the the kind of astral body closest to our earth is giving us a chance to say, okay, that happened, still a little wobbly, all very valid, and there is a chance to renew. And something I've said about renewal for a while and, and believe is that, you know, we don't have to make the renewal happen. We don't have to earn it. We don't have to think our way into it we don't have to do the renewal it's just a real thing it just is every month the moon cycle starts again and that just so happens to be happening now at the end of this retrograde period i think that retrograde periods are always they always end pretty close to the new moon because of the cyclical nature of the planets but either way it's happening Right. We don't have to earn it. We don't have to make it happen. It's just here. So all we have to do is perhaps know that that's coming and remain open and just remind ourselves, okay, this is all valid and new cycle on the horizon with the moon. So even in the midst of this winter season where things might continue to feel a little more low energy, There's one point of resistance that might, one knot of resistance that might begin to untie itself a little bit in the next few days. And that might feel very palpable to you. You might feel so open to the new cycle and in the new moon and beyond in the next week, it might be like, yes, I'm free. I feel it. It might be very subtle. It might not be something that you feel on a visceral level. And just like when, you know, I'm teaching a yoga class or we're practicing yoga, And like we, we practice something that can maybe inspire like balance in the brain and body. If we do like a centering pose where we hug into the center line and something like that can inspire balance, I'll always say you might feel this right now. You might not. And both of those are okay. The idea is that we can get open and curious about the fact that the effects themselves are possible. So you might feel the renewing effects of the new moon coming up here. You might not. But the point is, in knowing that they are available and being intentional and aware around them, we can get open and curious about the fact that it's possible. Renewal is possible at some point. And of course, that's one cycle. We're still in this larger cycle of the winter season, and that is not going to stop. But at the same time, if you look outside you will probably notice, as I touched on a little bit earlier, that the sunlight is coming back. The sunset is a little bit later every day, and I'm seeing it. I'm seeing and and actively sensing the light sticking around. I'm recording this at about four o'clock, and normally I feel like it would have felt much darker than this a few weeks ago. And so, Now that we are getting to be about about a month out from the winter solstice, the longest night, the, the darkest day, the period with the least sunlight of the season, of last year and of the winter season, the light is slowly coming back. So that to me is also an indication that new cycles are on the horizon. And now we're still about two months away, two months exactly from tomorrow, the 20th, two months away from the spring equinox, the start of the spring season where nature begins its new year. So we still have a couple months left. But if we think about increments of time, which is something that I've been doing a lot lately, two months can be digestible. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes that can feel like an eternity. And I don't want to invalidate that at all. But I saw a photo of a comet yesterday that is currently orbiting our sun. The name of that comet is Comet C-2022E3. It only, it was recently discovered in, I think recently discovered for the first time, because I don't know that anyone was around 50,000 years ago, because it only orbits our sun once every 50,000 years. And that is, length and breadth of time and depth of space and the universe, learning about that yesterday was a good perspective for me. It was a good moment of perspective to remember that the things I experience every day are big to me for a reason. They're valid. My human experience is valid and they're also not that big in the grand scheme of things if you think about a comet that only orbits the earth once every 50,000 years. So if we think about two months in those kinds of terms, in terms of the cycle of a comet that restarts its journey around our sun every 50,000 years, maybe two months is a little more digestible. Maybe. And the thing is, there's not, it's not like we are stagnant in those two months between right now and the spring equinox. Every single day, there is more light and more light and more light. So here it is. This is me making the only kind of astrological, planetary, energetic prediction that I will ever make on at least on this podcast, maybe ever in my time as a person on social media or in the yoga space or what have you. And it's that new cycles are coming actively. Within the next couple of days, within the next couple of weeks, within the next couple of months, I feel confident in saying new cycles are happening. We don't have to make our new cycles, earn them, think our way into them, do a new cycle. We just have to open up enough to kind of tune into what's already here, to listen in to the newness that's kind of rustling from underground or from above and coming toward us and just remain open to receive it. Receiving is a really essential component of a new cycle of renewal. We have to be open enough to receive to be receptive to what's coming. And I know that that is not always a straightforward thing. Feeling safe enough to to open, to be vulnerable enough to receive what's new, knowing that, you know, what's new might not always be fun or comfortable because we can't predict anything. Really. <laughs> Which is ironic given the name of this episode, but I know that it's receiving is not always straightforward. It takes work especially if we're thinking from like a trauma informed lens as i sit here as a yoga teacher and mental health practitioner it takes work to feel safe to feel comfortable enough to get uncomfortable which is what the idea of you know regulating our nervous systems enough to be open to these practices means it's why it takes a whole you know 50 minutes of yoga practice of somatic practice of moving and grounding and centering in the body to then lay down for five minutes of shavasana the final rest at the end of most yoga classes where i will explicitly say it's a space to receive it takes practice it takes centering regulation and whatever we might need to feel safe to be open to receive so i want to validate that And now I want to transition us into practice so we might do some work to regulate, to center, to establish some safety so that we're open to receive the new cycles that are on the way. So here we are at the point in the Awareness Offerings podcast where we shift from discussion to meditation, from thinking about it to practicing about it. So some embodied awareness around the fact that things are sticky right now, there is resistance and newness is coming and that both are real and we get to kind of be at the center of both of those realities. So if you are in a position where you can safely and comfortably sit for some contemplative practice, now is the moment. If you're not in that position, if you're driving or washing dishes, or it wouldn't be safe for you to close your eyes for whatever reason, this is a great time to pause the podcast and come back when you're ready. If you're coming along now, first invitation is find a comfortable seated position. And my philosophy is that that means any seat at all, as long as you have space in your spine the central line of energy in your body, the, the place where all your energy moves, where a lot of your brain's communication travels. So when there's space there, there tends to be openness and connection. But how you get there is entirely up to you. You could be seated seated cross-legged. I would put some height under your hips if you do that. You could be seated with your back against the wall, on a chair, on your bed, with any kind of support under your tailbone or under your knees, Your legs could be in any position. They might not be crossed. They might be extended or you might have your feet on the floor. But you find your space and then perhaps you settle in to your space by closing your eyes. Maybe you don't close your eyes, right? It's about feeling safe to receive for each of us. So maybe for you, it's a soft gaze looking down the tip of your nose or softly toward the floor in front of you. Turning toward yourself, sending a signal to you that you are showing up in presence to compassionately witness whatever you are moving through right now. And as you turn toward yourself, you might begin to follow the arc of your breath. It's not required for meditation that you witness your breath. And it's certainly not required that you do anything with your breath, change it at all. Instead, invitation, second invitation of the practice, to witness, to watch that it's happening. Just like you witness and validate for yourself, like, okay, things are hard right now. You just witness your breath in the moment, tracing this rhythm, this pattern of breath moving in. Breath moving out. The breath as a phenomenon that is happening now. It is a present moment phenomenon. So, as you follow it, you follow yourself into the present and you deepen your presence. You start to arrive in a state of presence. And this practice is about embodying the ability to receive the newness that's probably on the way. And as we touched on, that entails being resourced. Feeling like we have the resources, the internal capacity to feel safe enough, to be open enough to receive. And so we'll do some centering and resourcing practices to cultivate that sense of safety so that we can then open to receive. So this is a practice that involves, this next practice involves getting your body into a certain posture, just your upper body, your arms. I'm aware that this is an audio medium, so I will do my best to describe it as thoroughly as possible. We're going to imagine giving ourselves a hug. So take your right hand to your left rib cage. Take your left hand to your right shoulder. So your arms are wrapped around you and then hug in to whatever degree you feel safe and comfortable or even reasonable to do so. It doesn't always have to be comfortable or settling in here. So you decide how much you hug in, but you do hug your arms toward each other. You might continue following the arc of your breath as you do so, just reminding yourself, here I am in presence, doing what I'm doing. But as you cross right and left, anytime we cross right and left, it gets the two sides of the brain communicating. It evokes the center. So we evoke center in our brain's bodies and perhaps in the nervous system by hugging into center here. And there's an element of somatic touch here in the body. It's almost like a weighted blanket. It's kind of hugging us in toward ourselves. Dropping us in to our bodies, to our moment, to the experience that we're having. The experience you're having might include your thoughts. Know that that is always okay. You can just decide if you'd like that you don't want to live in your mind for this practice and once you acknowledge your thoughts, you can come back to the sensation of your breath or the sensations in your body or whatever else centers you. Couple breaths here. Now, we'll take this same shape, but switch the position of the arms. So you can release your arms if you want to wiggle, shake, roll it out to reset for a moment. Feel free. And then reach your left arm across your body and take your left hand to your right ribs. Take your right hand to your left shoulder, giving yourself a hug, hugging in on your arms to whatever degree is suitable for you. Hugging yourself in to center, two sides of the brain communicating. Evoking balance in your body evoking center for your nervous system. Another moment, hugging in from this angle. And then when it feels like it's time, release here, release your arms. And again, if you want to wiggle, shake, roll it out to reset, feel free. And settle back into your version of stillness in a comfortable seat. And now we'll do another resourcing practice. Another practice to settle us into feeling okay, maybe safe where we are. So we can open to receive. Settling breath, sighing breath. A sigh, when it happens naturally, is an indication of the nervous system settling. Moving from fight or flight, sympathetic, to rest and restore, parasympathetic. So when we manually sigh, it can signal the nervous system to settle. So you might join me in three sighing breaths in through the nose. And... Perhaps one more. And as you release that sigh, return to the organic pace of your breath, you might imagine your awareness moving downward. This practice, this next layer of practice might entail some creative imagination. You imagine your focus, your breath, the focus of your practice moving into your tailbone. To the base of your spine where it meets whatever surface that you are sitting on you could feel and sense in for physical sensation there to bring awareness to that place you could use your creative imagination your visualization power to imagine light at that space or seeing the base of your spine in your mind's eye you could imagine your breath moving in and out at that space whatever connects you there To the base of your spine. Breathing awareness, breathing presence in and out here. This is one of the seven major energy centers that live along the spine, according to yoga philosophy. Dropping in, and that's the thing with this energy center, often called the root, the root chakra. The first chakra, this energy center at the base of the spine, is associated with the earth, our connection to it, the physical body, our physicality and presence on the earth. And in that way, it is associated with our ability to be grounded, to be settled, to be centered, and to feel safe. This is like a file folder that holds information on feeling settled and safe for us. So, just breathing into it and gathering presence there. This energy center is also associated with beginnings it is the beginning of the spine the beginning of the major energy system and body and so there's a beginning quality contained here as well so you might know that as you breathe into your rootedness you're also breathing into the beginning to newness and I find it interesting that our energetic capacity for safety, is deeply tied to this newness, newness and new beginnings. It is an energetic and maybe a yoga, yogic philosophical affirmation that when we feel safe and we're centered, we can then open to receive newness. So you might know that all of that is possible as you breathe in and out here, but also maybe all you have to do is breathe in and out here. Again, you don't have to make your new beginning happen. You just have to open to what is already here. Taking another moment or two, breathing presence, awareness, maybe receptivity and openness at the base of the spine. Maybe you give yourself a moment of high level, noticing what you notice as you notice, just taking in the impacts of your practice, resourcing, settling, rooting in, and then finding home in this space of both groundedness and a new beginning, just noticing what effects that might have had on your system, on how you feel, just what it feels like to you to be there, maybe for three more breaths in and out. Maybe an inhale, an exhale. And then perhaps you slowly start to blink your eyes open. Maybe you start with a small opening, small sliver of light coming in. And then take your time to return your awareness to the space around you. But know that that it's not an either or. That doesn't have to mean sacrificing the awareness of the space within you you remembered that that space exists. It doesn't stop existing. And you can take whatever you might have received in this practice with you. And so this episode was a lot about just offering as my kind of therapeutic training has given me the skills to do affirmation, validation, seeing all of us in the resistance and Heaviness we might be moving through while also making one, my one and only prediction, hopefully based in just the awareness of of the world around us that newness is coming. Thank you for listening to this awareness offering. The Awareness Offerings podcast is created, edited, and produced by me, Lara Tara Davy Joplin. My music is by my brother, Oxella O-X-E-L-A, who can be found on Instagram, Spotify, iTunes, and beyond. You can keep up with me on Instagram at Lara2 underscores Tara. Talk to you next time.